Welcome to the B'nai B'rith International Podcast. I'm CEO Dan Mariashin. Thank you for tuning in today. July 18th will mark the 24th anniversary of the 1994 horrific terrorist attack against the Amiya Jewish Center in Buenos Aires, which killed 85 people and injured hundreds. It was the worst terrorist attack ever suffered by Argentina or any other Latin American country. Alberto Nisman, the federal prosecutor who had been investigating the case, was found dead in his apartment in January of 2015, right after accusing the Argentinian government of giving cover to Iran for planning and executing the bombing via its proxy Hezbollah. Today, I'll be talking with our special advisor on Latin American affairs, Adriana Camisar, who is based in Argentina and who has been covering this case from the very beginning about a critical recent development in the investigation surrounding Nisman's death. Adriana, welcome to the podcast. What, uh, what new developments are there in the case? Well, Dan, as you know, um, when Nisman was found dead in January of 2015, the government of then-President Cristina Fernández de Kirchner suggested that he had committed suicide. This was, of course, very hard to believe, as Nisman did not have a suicidal personality, he did not leave a note, something that most uh, suicidal people do. There were no traces of gunpowder on his hands. And perhaps more importantly, the location of the bullet clearly indicated that someone else had to have pulled the trigger. In addition, this occurred just hours before his scheduled appearance before Congress to expand on his allegations against the government. And yet, the initial investigation seemed to confirm that the, go the government's claim that Nisman had committed suicide. Um, recently, though, a federal chamber of appeals confirmed the ruling of Justice Ercolini, who, based on a credible forensic investigation, um, concluded that there was sufficient evidence to establish that Nisman was indeed murdered. In addition, the chamber concluded that, Nisman was mar that Nisman's murder was a direct consequence of his complaint against the former government, which is very important. Uh, now, even though the ruling fell short of incriminating uh, former President Cristina Fernandez de Kirchner, as the attorney representing Nisman's mother had requested, it called on the judge to seriously investigate the homicide. And of course, many believe that Cristina could end up being indicted. So for the first time then, the investigation will focus on the obvious, that Nisman was murdered and that he was murdered because of the serious accusations he had made against the government. Now we will see if the Argentine judiciary is really willing and able to get to the bottom of this. What is the, um, let's just go back um, a, a bit in time here, uh, because we're talking about uh, 24 years ago. So perhaps uh, this at this point we might uh, go back and, and take a look at what we know from, from that moment. So the, the belief is that uh, Iranian uh, agents uh, were involved in, in the bombing uh, and that they may have been um, partially, at least, uh, working out of, of the embassy in Buenos Aires. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. There's extensive evidence of that. And Nisman had been uh, working on, on, on that for more than 10 years until it was murdered. Uh, 
you know, the case was, the investigation was concluded. The only thing that preventing the case for, you know, justice uh, for being served is that the Iranians never handed over the suspects to the Argentine justice. And there, in Argentine law, uh, there is an issue about uh, uh, trying uh, suspects uh, or those who've been charged um, uh, in absentia. Uh, how much has that uh, provision of, of Argentine law um, prevented uh, the, the movement toward um, justice in this case? Well, you know, um, we don't have in Argentina um, trials in absentia, not yet. Um, and and this is why uh, the suspect the suspect could not be uh, tried here. But uh, there's a bill in Congress uh, because this government is trying to 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 get that passed. You know they want Argentina to have that possibility uh, to be able to achieve some measure of justice. But but the bill uh, is still in Congress. Now those some of those. Um Iranian uh, agents um, or those, let's say, in Tehran who were at a more senior level, uh, who were clearly signing off on on this act of terror, uh, they're still around. Uh, what can you tell us about them? And um, what about the, the, um, the prospects uh, uh, now of moving the case forward? Um, given the fact that uh, we're now almost 25 years out of this uh, with um, those who were involved in the case uh, 25 years older, uh, how can we get to the, the bottom of, of reaching a, a point of justice in this case? Well, Dan, as you said, that many of those uh, involved uh, are still around and they even travel. Uh, because, as you know, Nisman had secured uh, Interpol red, red alerts for some of them, but they still tr uh, travel. Uh, we have an example. Just last Wednesday, um, Ali Akbar Belayati was in Russia. He was meeting with Vladimir Putin, and he was um, Iran's foreign minister at the time of the AMIA bombing. He was one of the planners. Uh, he was present... Um, at, at the the meeting of the Supreme Security Council uh, of Iran when the army attack was ordered. And of course, he was one of the key decision makers. Uh, and uh, Argentina, the Argent, the Argentine justice uh, issued an international request for cooperation back in 2006, but was not able to secure an Interpol red alert against him. Now, Russia and Argentina have an extradition treaty, and so the, the judge of the case, uh, Rodolfo Kanikova Corral, issued an extradition request. But not surprisingly, Russia did not send any response to Argentina, and this person was able to safely leave Russia and go to China from there. And this is the kind of things that happened uh, repeatedly. Uh, the way I see it now, Dan, uh, 24 years after the attack, the only way that uh, we could achieve some measure of justice is to have that law about trials in absentia because uh, we have so many, so much evidence against these people. And Iran will never hand, hand them over to the Argentine justice. So the only way uh, to achieve some closure is to 
have that law and to be able to 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 you know to judge them in in absentia. Uh, and how close uh, are you to ha that uh, happening or not happening? I mean, what kind of discussion is going on right now uh, in uh, in your Congress uh, on this very issue? Well, I think it's possible. Of course, I I cannot assure you that it passed, but I, I think right now uh, it is possible because of uh, we have many supporters in Congress. Uh, but you know we'll have to wait and see what happens. I know that the government is promo is actively promoting it. And tell us uh, in that context uh, about this this memorandum which was signed between Argentina uh, and Iran uh, some years ago. Um, what, was, what was the objective there in terms of uh, this case, how it uh, would have affected this case uh, had all of it been carried out? Right. Well, uh, this is uh, known as the Memorandum of Understanding signed between the, the government of then President Christina Kirchner and Iran. And uh, the way the government uh, sold it is that they said that because the, the case was paralyzed, something needed to be done. And so they had the idea to negotiate this pact with Iran. It was negotiated in secret, by the way. And um, by, through this pact, they created uh, what they called uh, the truth, the commission of, uh, of truth. And um, Basically, they, uh, the, the, uh, they named people from Iran and from Argentina to jointly investigate the attack. Now, as you can imagine, the people that planned this attack, some of them are still in the government in Iran. Uh, so this was clearly a maneuver to, to, to cover up uh, their involvement. And of course, you know, the opposition in Argentina and the Jewish community complained. And uh, when President Mauricio Macri uh, took office, uh, the agreement uh, was nullified, fortunately. And, uh, but you know, if, if that would have been a death sentence for, for you know, the hope to get any justice in the case. And uh, when Eastman, uh, when Eastman, uh, you know, he he said he went publicly and said that this was an attempt uh, to, you know, to cover up Iran's involvement, and he was found dead uh, a few days later, after that. The 24th anniversary. Very hard to believe. So much time has passed. Um, how will it be? How has it been, and how will it be commemorated uh, in Argentina this year? Well, uh, you know, as every year, uh, the central commemoration event will take place on July 18th in front of the AMIA building. And it will start at 9.53 a.m., the exact time of the bomb bombing uh, 24 years ago. Uh, this year's speakers will include uh, the president of AMIA, Agustin Svar, relatives of the victims, and um, OAS Secretary General Luis Almagro will be the special guest on this occasion. 
uh, Vice President Gabriela Michetti, uh, Macri's Chief, uh, Chief of Staff Marcos Peña, and also Human Rights Secretary Claudio Abruch will attend. Uh, President Macri will not attend the event, but will meet privately with uh, the authorities of AMIA. Uh, but beyond this central event, uh, then, AMIA has launched this year six artistic initiatives to commemorate the bombing and demand justice. Uh, I'd like to tell you a little bit more about them. Go ahead. Uh, if I may. Sure. Uh, the first one is a beautiful song and video for children dedicated to the youngest victim of the bombing, a five-year-old child uh, named Sebastian Barreiros. Uh, the second one of these initiatives is a video that imagines what could have been Sebastian's future had he not died in that terrible attack. Sebastian today would be 29 years old. The third one of these initiatives is the recorded testimony of Sebastian's mother, Rosa, in which she remembers the last minutes she spent with her child that day. This is a really heartbreaking testimony to listen to them. Um, the fourth of these initiatives is a beautiful poem titled, I Open My Eyes by Luis Alberto Spinetta, a well-known Argen Argentine singer who died in 2012. Spinetta had written this poem a few months after the AMIA attacks, but now composer and singer Gabo Ferro made a very touching song using this poem. Uh, then the fifth one uh, of these initiatives is a short monologue about the value of having memory uh, by famous artist uh, and comedian Enrique Pinti. And finally, I wanted to tell you about this one because um, the six of these initiatives is, is very impressive. It's the so-called Wall of Memory. Artist Martin Ron, uh, who is uh, famous worldwide, made a giant graffiti mural painting on one of the external walls of the building, which is visible from the street. Uh, there were two thin columns attached to this wall that were the only things from the old building that remained standing after the bombing. Now, using those tiny columns as a central point, this artist created a fantastic painting that honors the victim and claims for justice. The, I'm sorry, the painting features a crowd of people holding up photographs of the dead and shows a young person climbing up the ladder. A ladder. The, the ladder is made out of those tiny columns. And this person is trying to reach the sky as another person who is perhaps the same person tries to climb down. Uh, the painting exemplifies the search for justice as well as the connection between heaven and earth. Uh, and it's really beautiful. You should see it uh, when you come to Buenos Aires. Is this the, is this the first time uh, that these kinds of uh, programs and projects uh, have been uh, sponsored? Uh? No, it's not the, the first time, but uh, this year, uh, uh, it's, it's, you know, they did more things this year. It's really impressive what they have done. Well, I visited, as you know, I visited the AMIA building a number of times, and, and I'm always uh, moved by um, the, um, the names of the victims uh, that, that are there because it just personalizes uh, that terrible that terrible terrorist act and that terrible day. Um, now you're not from Buenos Aires. You're from Salta. Um, yes. Were you were you in Argentina that day? 
Yes, yes, I was in Salta, but I, I remember it very vividly. Uh, what can you tell us uh, about when you heard about it, uh, your, your you know, reaction it to was it? Just, it was just horrible then. It was difficult to believe, and you must, you might remember that it was two years after uh, the attack on the Israeli embassy. So I think that many people, but especially the, Jew the Jewish community felt that uh, this wasn't a safe place to live in, you know? It was horrible, and then the images of the dead and uh, people trapped in, you know, and uh, the rescuers trying to find people alive. It was horrible, horrible. What can I say? Well, the, the search for justice continues. Uh, B'nai B'rith will be represented at this uh, commemoration uh, and, um, of course, we have followed this case uh, extremely closely because of our many friends in, in the community uh, in Argentina. Um, it's extremely important that we not uh, flag in any way in our efforts uh, to see justice done. Uh, those who perpetrated these acts uh, need to finally be, be brought to justice, uh, whether extradited or in my opinion, uh, in absentia, a message has to be sent that, uh, that terrorism does not pay. And uh, we will continue, as I know you will, and you do this, you're, you're living there, and uh, follow these, these issues very closely, uh, that we'll all uh, push uh, to, uh, to reach that objective. So, uh, Adriana, thank you for being with us. Uh, extremely important uh, to go over these issues on this anniversary, the 24th anniversary of the bombing of the, the AMIA building. Uh, we appreciate your coming on the podcast today. You're welcome, Bam. It's a pleasure. And thanks, everyone, for tuning in today. Please visit our website, benabreth.org, like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, subscribe on your smartphone through the podcast app for iPhone or through Google Play for Android. And lastly, tell a friend about us. For my guest, Adriana Kamisar, I'm Dan Mary Ashen. We'll talk to you next time on the B'nai B'rith International Podcast.